This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And this weekend has not been a good one as far as impaired drivers. A number hauled off the roads uh, over the weekend. And then the worst case scenario is a drunk driver who cops say blew through an intersection, mounted a curb, and then hit and kills two men, injures another as they walk near Centennial School where they attended. Apparently they were going out to get something to eat. And two 19-year-olds were killed. The 20-year-old is in hospital. He is the brother of one of the deceased men. And all of them are here on visit visas. The driver is 40 years old, in court right now where he faces nine charges, including impaired driving, and his bail hearing is actually going on as we speak. And we're expecting uh, Catherine McDonald to update us any minute now as to whether or not he's going to get bail. I would, uh, unless he's got outstanding uh, charges or conviction, I would assume he probably will get bail. Um, he was said to be extremely distressed during his court appearance, cried many times. Family uh, was also in court. But this thing happened at, you know, 6.30 at night. You got you to gotta ask yourself, how is it in this day and age with all the transit options, all the apps on your phone? How is it still happening? How are we going backwards? I think a large part of it is because we are pretty casual about it in our justice system. And my next guest may, in fact, disagree with me. Joe Newberger joining us, our global news radio legal expert. Hello, Joe. Hi, Alex. How are you? Well, I'm I'm a little perplexed that, you know, in this day and age, we just aren't getting the message through. So Michael Johnson is in court right now. The judge was expected to deliver his decision on bail at 445. Um, you know, I've always wondered, I've covered a lot of impaired cases. Often, they're often very devastating. But why aren't we more... Um, tough on this particular crime. I mean, we call it criminal negligence causing harm or death. Why are we not naming it what it is, which is vehicular manslaughter, vehicular homicide? Well, I mean, I, I think it's not the labeling. I mean, it's impaired driving causing death. So it's as serious as calling it criminal negligence causing death. I mean, it, the label is not the issue. Um, the and I know you're, though. well, you know, this guy's in a range for eight to 10 years on this one. It's a pretty significant sentence. But even if it's 12 years or 13 years, I still don't think it makes a difference. It's the overall reckless disregard for safety of others, which we are unfortunately struggling with as a society. And and this goes on in many aspects. It's drinking and driving. It's, you know, having the owner of a building where you don't care about the quality and care of the building where tenants are at risk. I mean, it's inherent recklessness. And I think the answer for us long-term with respect to impaired driving is technology which is in the development now so that you will not be able to operate your car if you have a a BAC over a certain level and that technology is being developed and is being tested and I think it's going to have to become mandatory in cars and until then sensing I do agree I think will have to go up the tariff will have to go up because particularly a case like this it's very it blows through an intersection high rate of speed lose control take out pedestrians it's very bad. But even if it goes up to 12 years for something like this, I still don't think, unfortunately, it deters enough people who go out and cars, cause the carnage that we see in this type of case. I mean, you know, people say, well, it's got to be premeditated. Well, you know, as soon as you've had a drink or, or become impaired in some way and you get behind the wheel, you've now turned that automobile into a weapon. Um, and, and I'll get to the technology part of it in just a second. But, you know, Marco Muzzo, 10 years, he wiped out four people, three of them children. You know, you know, if, if someone gets 12 years for killing two people, 
it's not a lot. You're talking about a life being taken. These guys were going for dinner. You know, they're minding their business. They're where they are supposed to be on a sidewalk. Right. And so I think a lot of people look at it and say, there's got to be a consequence uh, to the action. And because they're not uh, severe enough, people just say, well, it, it's worth the risk. Well, that's, that's, you know, the premise on general deterrence. And I don't, I'm not a big believer that people, you know, check the latest sentencing cases before they do something stupid. And there is a mm-hmm. difference between a premeditated killing. We cannot have the same sentence for second-degree murder or first-degree murder and something that is a manslaughter or an impaired causing death. We just can't because premeditation where somebody plans and deliberately goes out to execute or kill somebody or in the moment is reckless as to whether death ensues is completely different than somebody who's driving drunk. Yes, they had the intent to drive drunk when they took the drink and got in the car, but they rarely go out with the idea to kill people. It's unfortunately the the alcohol that takes over and the stupidity and recklessness which then takes over. And I do agree that I think sentences traditionally have been low, but they have been going up, and it will never replace the harm done. But we have to look to other ways now, which is technology. We need technology to intervene, put them in cars, and it, for everybody, we're going to need a broad brush stroke, and they can be put in in such a way that you can barely see them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way to go. And if it causes cars to go up in price, that's what we're going to have to pay as a society because this is unacceptable behavior. And I don't think we're going to curb it with 15 or 20-year sentences. Right. I and think I, it's just going to continue. I don't have a problem with technology going in the car, but would that be for people who are convicted or charged? Or are you talking, no. are we going to allow that in every car that's made? Because you know that's just a charter challenge waiting to happen. Someone will say, you don't have the right, you know, to, to you know, invade my privacy. That They have an argument that the insurance companies will get that information. There'll be so so many arguments against that, even though I'm, you know, I think we've got to change our minds about vehicles. They're, they're not a right. It, it's not a right to drive. Well, yeah, I hear you, but then too bad. I mean, if, if this technology is available and ma- made mandatory by legislation to be in all new cars, yeah. then, you know, there's no charter challenge there. I mean, then don't buy a car. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, use Uber, use taxi, use TTC. It's totally up to you. Driving is a privilege. It's not a right. Ownership of a car is not a right. Um, you have a right to some sort of public transit. I would agree on that. But, you know, if this technology comes in, just like we have lane departure technology, you know, front-end braking, for, for uh, warning for a collision, all that other stuff, no reason we can't have that in. And, in fact, they're being calibrated in such a way that if it's over 0.8, mm-hmm. 0.08, then you're not able to drive. So it's still there's an allowance for people who still go out socially and have something right. to drink and drive, but not so they're over the legal limit. So I think that's actually a pretty fair approach. And we see testing going on in the United States now. It's very early, but there's legislation on the table, and it could be mandated as soon as 2025. And I think that's going to be very important going forward because I just think given human nature and what we're dealing with, even with increased sentences, even with increased education, it just seems to be nonstop. We hear every weekend something terrible happening, and it's it's absolutely preventable. It is absolutely preventable. And, and, and the other would be just a technology that scrambles your phone. You know, as soon as the car's moving, you can't use your cell phone. And I'll just uh, point out to you that he actually has been denied bail, which uh, ah, surprises good. me a little bit because, you know, uh, it's on tertiary grounds. So I don't know the background. Pat Catherine's just getting it at court now, but he has, in fact, been denied bail. That could be because of the... Um, High profile because I don't know what the dealings are. We'll get those details, but surprising but, me that he's kept it. But it could be. I mean, on a case like this, arrested on scene with a high uh, alcohol concentration, with people dead, the tertiary ground is where there's such a strong case that yeah. the that the public would lose 
confidence in the administration of justice if this person was released. I as think it's say, also it, a good way. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's a good way of dealing with it as well. I mean, I don't see the point of bail at this point. Yeah, and that's exactly the reason Catherine tweeting out that it's to maintain confidence in the administration of justice, which is refreshing. Um, well, you know, we'll see what happens because you get these high-profile cases and then we're getting more and more of them at some point. Something's got to give. I just don't think the public wants to put up with this anymore. No, I agree. I, it's it's exceptionally bad, and, and there needs to be more drastic attention to how to deal with this now. I agree with you. Yeah. All right, we agree to agree. <laughs> <laughs> Happy That's Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. All the best for a good 2020. Absolutely, Joe. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Take care. That is Mr. Joe Newberger, one of my favorites. Uh, and on that note, look, here's the uh, reasoning. It's uh, denied bail to maintain confidence in administration of justice. And uh, according to Catherine, the wife broke down in tears. He has been detained, put his hands over his head, and he has been let out. He will make his next court appearance by video January 3rd. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.